You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include President Biden visits Texas after the Uvalde shooting, the U.S. is not seeking a Cold War with China, and New York police are looking for an alleged love triangle killer. Here's your national news recap for the week of May 22nd. Multiple reports say 19 children and two teachers are dead following a mass shooting Tuesday at a South Texas elementary school. Texas State Senator Roland Gutierrez says he was given that somber update from police. The shooting took place at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, an hour and a half west of San Antonio. The shooter was shot and killed by police. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says a Border Patrol officer was the one that killed the gunman in Tuesday's school shooting in Uvalde. He said there are 17 people injured after the shooting with non-life-threatening injuries. The governor said the situation could have been worse if it wasn't for law enforcement quickly responding and running into danger. President Biden is going to visit Texas on Sunday. He and the First Lady will visit the town of Uvalde. In prior remarks to the nation, he asked, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? Police say Salvador Ramos shot his grandmother and wrecked his truck just before the elementary school massacre. South Texas DPS Director Victor Escalon says the shooter then entered Robb Elementary. Escalon said the suspect then engaged with a gun battle with officers four minutes after he entered the school. President Biden is home after wrapping up his five-day trip to Asia, the first since he took office. He met with leaders of Japan, India, and Australia for a summit of the Quad Nations. He told them the world is navigating a dark hour and the war in Ukraine has become a global issue. India is the only member that hasn't sanctioned Russia over the deadly invasion but they all agree to a free and open Indo-Pacific that's inclusive and resilient. NBC News projects Georgia Republican Governor Brian Kemp is the winner in the Georgia GOP primary for governor. He beat back a challenge from former GOP Senator David Perdue. Perdue had the endorsement of former President Trump. NBC News projects Republican Attorney General Ken Paxton won his bid for re-election and will face Democrat Rochelle Garza in November. He defeated George P. Bush, the nephew of former President George W. Bush. Paxton had the backing of former President Trump. NBC News projects Sarah Huckabee Sanders has won the Republican primary for governor in Arkansas. She's the former Trump White House press secretary and daughter of former Governor Mike Huckabee. She will face Democrat Chris Jones. A federal grand jury returned an indictment sought by special counsel John Durham against Democratic lawyer Michael Sussman, accusing him of lying to the FBI during the Russia investigation. The indictment accuses Sussman of hiding the fact that he was working for the Clinton campaign while pushing for an investigation into then-candidate Donald Trump's ties to Russia in 2016. Trump appointed Durham to investigate the origins of the Russia probe. 
with indictment coming just weeks after the five-year statute of limitations was set to expire. Sussman, whose firm had previously represented the Democratic National Committee, told the FBI's James Baker in September 2019 that he was not representing a client when pushing for an investigation into Trump. Sussman denied any wrongdoing while withholding the fact that he was working on behalf of former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. The New York City Health Department says the New Yorker does have a probable case of monkeypox. The CDC says the person originally tested for the orthopox virus, which monkeypox is a strand of, and because of that, they're treating it as a probable case. Doctors want to stress that monkeypox is very rare and spreads through body fluids, sharing clothes, and long periods of face-to-face contact. The National Rifle Association Convention will still happen this weekend in Texas. Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner told reporters Thursday the event will start Friday at the George R. Brown Convention Center. Turner said Wednesday potential lawsuits kept him from forcing the gathering from being moved. It's supposed to feature Texas Governor Greg Abbott, U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, and former President Donald Trump. Turner previously canceled the Texas Republican Party convention in 2020, citing the COVID pandemic. Actor Ray Liotta is dead at the age of 67. The actor reportedly passed away in his sleep in the Dominican Republic while shooting a movie called Dangerous Waters. Liotta is best known for his role in the classic film Goodfellas, where he played mobster Henry Hill. Several schools in the Poway Unified School District in San Diego County, California, are on lockdown after an anonymous phone threat. In an email to parents and a message on Twitter, the district says Del Norte High School and at least five elementary or middle schools were placed on lockdown. The district says that in an abundance of caution, the police have placed us on lockdown while they investigate an anonymous phone call threat. The message goes on to say there is no evidence of actual physical threat present on campuses. Police and sheriff's deputies were searching areas around the schools. The recall of Jif peanut butter products is being expanded. The initial voluntary recall by Ohio-based Smucker was expanded by the FDA Wednesday. It's due to potential salmonella poisoning. The products being recalled were made at the J.M. Smucker Company facility in Lexington, Kentucky. The city of Poughkeepsie is more than doubling funds allocated to youth-related programs. Mayor Rob Rollison says the city awarded a total of $339,000 to these community programs. That's an increase of $199,000. The increased funds come from the American Rescue Plan Fund. More than two dozen programs received up to $15,000, including the Poughkeepsie Farm Project and the Art Effect. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. Hello, everyone. This is Connor Brown with your international news report for this week. After Biden's comments regarding Taiwan and China earlier this week, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said on Thursday, the United States is not seeking a new Cold War with China, but will rally allies to defend the international order against Beijing's aggressive vision towards taking Taiwan. In a speech meant to spell out Biden's administration's strategy on China, Blinken said the Russian invasion of Ukraine would not distract the USA from confronting the long-term challenge posed by China. We aren't looking for a new conflict or a new Cold War. To the contrary, we're determined to avoid both. We don't seek to block China from its role as a major power, nor to stop China or any other country from growing their economy or advancing the interests of their people, Blinken told an audience at George Washington University. 
but we will defend and strengthen the international law agreements, principles, and institutions that maintain peace and security, protect the rights of individuals and sovereign nations, and make it possible for all countries, including the United States and China, to coexist and cooperate, Blinken said. The U.S. will safeguard its interests and compete with China by working in contract with allies around the world and investing in innovation at home, Blinken said. The Biden's administration's strategy towards China can be summed up as invest, align, compete, said Blinken, calling for bolstering research and development in new technology. Although the administration portrayed the long-delayed speech as a major pronouncement on U.S. policy towards China, President Joe Biden's top diplomat did not unveil any major change in course or shed any light on how the White House intends to handle trade tensions with Beijing. The administration has yet to signal whether it's ready to lift any of the hundreds of billions of dollars in tariffs imposed on China by former President Donald Trump. Even as President Putin's war continues, we will remain focused on the most serious long-term challenge to the international order, and that is one posed by the People's Republic of China, Blinken said. Russia's foreign ministry said on Thursday that reporters from Western countries will be expelled from Russia if YouTube blocks access to its spokeswoman's briefing. Spokeswoman Maria Zakharova, who holds a weekly briefing on Russian foreign policy, including the country's military intervention in Ukraine, said the foreign ministry had warned YouTube against blocking her contact. We just came and told them, you block another briefing, one journalist or American media outlet goes home. TASS news agency quoted her as saying, another briefing is blocked and we will name a specific journalist or specific media outlet that will go home. Her comments come days after Russian lawmakers passed a bill giving prosecutors power to shut foreign media bureaus in Moscow if a Western country has been unfriendly to Russian media. The measure is meant to retaliate to the closure of some Russian state news outlets in the West. Zakharova also said on Wednesday that if Moscow is working on measures against English language media in response to unfriendly actions by foreign governments towards Russian news outlets without providing further detail. In March, President Vladimir Putin signed a law imposing a jail term of up to 15 years for speaking intentionally fake news about the military, prompting some Western media to pull their journalists out of Russia. Other Western organizations, including Reuters, have stayed in the country and continue to report. As Finland and Sweden inch closer to joining NATO, Turkey says they will not agree to these two countries' bid until concrete steps are taken towards the Nordic country's support of the Kurdistan Workers' Party, or PKK, which is listed as a security threat towards Turkey. We have made it very clear that if Turkey's security concerns are not met with concrete steps in a certain time frame, the process will not progress, Ibrahim Kalin said, a spokesman of Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan, and a senior presidential aide told a news conference after the talks in Ankara that lasted about five hours. Sweden and Finland submitted their written applications to join NATO last week in a move representing one of the biggest geopolitical ramifications of Russia's war in Ukraine that could rewrite Europe's security map. Turkey has said it opposes the country's membership in the Western military alliance, citing grievances with Sweden's and to a lesser extent Finland's perceived support of the PKK and other entities that Turkey views as security threats. The PKK is listed as a terror organization by several of Turkey's allies, has waged a decades-long insurgency against Turkey, a conflict that has cost the lives of tens of thousands of people. The Turkish government also accuses Finland and Sweden of imposing arm exports restrictions on Turkey and refuses to extradite suspected terrorists. Turkey's objections have dampened Stockholm's and Helsinki's hopes for joining NATO quickly, 
amid Russia's invasion of Ukraine and put the transatlantic alliance credibility at stake. All 30 NATO members must agree on admitting new members. And that was Connor Brown with your international news report for this week. I am Carly Murray, and this is the local news. Authorities in New York are searching for an alleged Texas love triangle killer. According to reports, professional cyclist Mariah Wilson was shot and killed for allegedly having an affair with another pro cyclist. Police are conducting a national manhunt for yoga instructor Caitlin Armstrong in connection with the murder. This case is still ongoing, and Armstrong's family says that she is innocent. U.S. Marshals say Armstrong boarded a plane in Austin earlier this month and headed to New York after the homicide warrant was issued for her arrest. Governor Kathy Hochul says it may be time to raise the age to 21 to purchase all guns in New York. The move would come after the school shooting in Texas and the mass shooting inside a Buffalo grocery store earlier this month. Hochul told reporters Wednesday that she does not want 18-year-olds to have guns. She says she is going to meet with state lawmakers right away to work on a bill that would raise the age to buy all AR-15 type of guns to 21. Governor Phil Murphy is renewing calls for comprehensive gun safety legislation in New Jersey after Tuesday's Texas school shooting. He called the shooting an incomprehensible tragedy. He says he's ready to sign the state's comprehensive gun safety 3.0 package of measures into law that he introduced a year ago. They include giving police tools to better track the path of firearms, banning the sale of weapons that can bring down helicopters, along with mandating both safe gun storage and training for those seeking to buy guns. Murphy said this type of shooting happens only in the U.S. The governor hopes his comprehensive gun safety package will be signed into law. He's calling on New Jersey lawmakers to put everything up for a vote. Police are searching for the gunman who shot and killed a man inside a Brooklyn Chinese restaurant Wednesday afternoon. The bullets flew inside New Food First Cook Eatery on Avenue W in Gravesend around 4 p.m. 22-year-old Rassard Dees took a bullet to the chest and died a short time later. Police have not detailed a motive for the gunfire and have made no arrests. A lockdown in Hunterdon County, New Jersey, resulted from a man waving around a sword on Wednesday. The man, who has since surrendered to police, is accused of using the sword to break store windows and charging at an officer. According to the Raritan Township Police Department, this incident lasted an hour. Last weekend in Philadelphia, 11 separate incidents of gun violence occurred, some of which were deadly. City police are looking for three men connected to a robbery-turned-shooting in South Philly. Officers responded to a takeout restaurant late Tuesday night and discovered a pair of customers were shot. Police tape was spotted at 9th and Washington Streets after both victims were hospitalized in stable condition. No arrests have been announced in this case. Philadelphia schools and communities are discussing mental health initiatives in the aftermath of the mass shooting in Texas. Measures include mental health assemblies at Philadelphia schools. New Jersey announced safe exchange sites to assist during the baby formula shortage. Safe formula exchange sites at public safety buildings are located in Lumberton, Cinnaminson, Voorhees, Morristown, and Delrin. Although Jersey Shore beaches are expecting crowds during Memorial Day weekend, it has been announced that some will not be open in time for the summer tourism. Towns include Toms River and North Wildwood. They still have erosion from a storm earlier this month, according to scientists and local officials. 
A New York man convicted of charges connected to last year's Capitol riot was sentenced Thursday. Long Island's Greg Rubenacker is being sentenced on multiple felony convictions. He was found guilty of assaulting police officers, civil disorder, and other charges. Rubenacker was photographed smoking in the Capitol building and recorded a video saying, Smoke out the Capitol. He faced up to 20 years in prison. I am Carly Murray, and that was the local news. Have a safe and fun Memorial Day weekend. I'm Sam DeTuchis with your Rowan News. For the first time since losing his right leg during a 2004 mission in Iraq, Army veteran Hilbert Caesar can ride a mountain bike outside due to the work of six students led by the Department of Biomedical Engineering at the Henry M. Rowan College of Engineering and Quality of Life Plus, a national nonprofit serving injured veterans, first responders, and others in service to the nation. Last fall, the 44-year-old's challenge, a bicycle adapted just for him, became a year-long design project for six students led by Dr. Eric Brewer, Senior Lecturer and Chair of Innovation and External Partnerships in the Department of Biomedical Engineering. It was the university's third project with the nonprofit. Representing biomedical, mechanical, and entrepreneurial engineering majors, the students met virtually with Caesar in September and then began a series of extensive interviews with other active amputees, while also researching bicycles and modifications and the potential customer base for adapted bikes. During their last class of the spring semester, the students presented Caesar with his new bike, along with the data and an explanation of their research to ensure the bonafide bike perfectly suits his needs. Dr. Brewer said of the project, quote, Fundamental to the engineering design process is taking the initial step to properly research the problem. Quality of Life Plus does that by placing students in direct contact with their challenger and the greater disability field. Students spent their entire first semester improving their understanding of the challenges with Caesar's unique disability and other sporting enthusiasts with limb differences. In the end, they came away with not just a better understanding of their design challenges, but also a greater appreciation of the abilities and motivations of the disabled community, end quote. The students involved in the project said seeing Caesar's reaction to the bike meant more to them than any other project they've done. Graduating senior Ben Aflito said the final deliverable that they could hand to him was much more meaningful than just getting a degree. Also this week, an altercation in front of the campus rec center involved police detaining six individuals. The campus safety officers were investigating a car on the scene, and the incident seems to have been drug-related. No other information has been released so far. I'm Sam DeChuchis, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Danny Ryan with your news from around the sports world. Starting off in the NFL, we have some breaking news regarding quarterback battles from around the league. The Denver Broncos and head coach Vic Fangio officially named newly acquired quarterback Teddy Bridgewater as the Broncos' starting QB. Bridgewater battled for the job with former 2019 second-round pick Drew Locke, who started 13 games for Denver just last year. The decision came after Bridgewater opened Denver's latest preseason game with the starters against the Seahawks on Saturday. Bridgewater went 9-for-11 with 105 passing yards and one touchdown in that game. Switching things over to the other quarterback battle in Jacksonville, head coach Urban Meyer announced Wednesday that the number one overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, Trevor Lawrence, will officially be the starter for opening day against the Houston Texans. Lawrence was the overwhelming favorite for the job against Gardner Minshew, but in the words of Coach Meyer on Wednesday, he, quote-unquote, wanted him to earn it, as we do with every position. In other news from Jacksonville's camp, 
Jaguars rookie running back Travis Etienne suffered a mid-foot sprain in Monday's preseason game against the Saints, but further testing revealed that the injury is Liz Frank and will likely end the 2021 first-round pick season before it could even get started. Taking a look at the latest news from around Major League Baseball, the Baltimore Orioles have done it. The ball club snapped their league-leading and longest losing streak in 16 years at 19 games on Wednesday night in terrific fashion after taking down the two-way Japanese star Shohei Otani and the Los Angeles Angels by a final score of 10-6 in comeback fashion. The Electric O's tallied a total of four runs off of Otani in the form of three home runs. Switching things over to the Los Angeles team of the National League, the Dodgers faced the Padres on Wednesday night and defeated them by a final score of 5-3 after 16 innings. Fernando Tatis Jr. originally tied things up in the bottom of the 15th inning in the form of a two-run home run to shift the momentum. However, A.J. Pollock and the Dodgers answered back immediately in the top of the 16th inning as Pollock crushed a go-ahead two-run home run that would provide the difference in this NL West clash. Last, but certainly not least, Marlins' number two overall prospect, Edward Cabrera, made his MLB debut against the Washington Nationals Wednesday evening. Cabrera's final line is listed as follows. Six and one-thirds innings pitched, four hits allowed, three earned runs allowed, three walks, as well as two strikeouts on his record. Cabrera impressed during the earlier parts of his debut after opening his start with a near 98-mile-per-hour fastball. However, the young Marlins right-hander started to experience control issues, which compelled manager Don Mattingly to pull him from the game despite just throwing 57 pitches, 38 in which were strikes. Last, but certainly not least, Cristiano Ronaldo has made headlines in a big way this week after sources revealed to ESPN that Manchester City and Ronaldo are close to reaching an agreement that would cause a possible departure from Juventus. With that being said, my name is Danny Ryan, and that has been your news from around the sports world on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. The national average price for regular is now $4.60 a gallon after sitting at $4.59 for most of the past week. The price has shot up almost half a dollar a gallon since last month. Regular averaged $4.13 a gallon one month ago. Twitter is paying $150 million to settle a lawsuit that alleges it sold user data it collected improperly. Brian Shook has more. The lawsuit brought on by the FTC and Justice Department says Twitter asked for phone numbers and email addresses to secure accounts between 2014 and 2019, going on to let advertisers use the info in targeted ads. FTC Chair Lena Khan said in a statement that Twitter obtained the data on the pretext that it was harnessing it for security features. I'm Brian Shook. West Virginia will receive more than $161 million from two drug manufacturers as part of a lawsuit settlement. The state's attorney general alleged Teva and Allergen helped fuel West Virginia's opioid crisis. Patrick Morrissey accused the companies of using strategic campaigns to deceive people and misrepresent the risks of painkillers. Morrissey said money from the settlement will be used to help those affected the most by the opioid crisis in West Virginia. The settlement is believed 
believed to be the highest per capita settlement in the nation. The Congressional Budget Office is raising economic growth estimates by just over 3% this year. In the government forecast, the CBO said GPD growth will be driven by more than consumer spending, while surging inflation has peaked and will slowly cool down to about 2% by 2024. To meet the rise in demand for goods and services, it predicted businesses would hire more and increase investment despite possible supply disruptions. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Halsey is speaking out after a mass shooting at a Texas elementary school claimed the lives of 19 children. The pop star took to their Instagram stories to call out lawmakers that protect guns over our youth. They went on to describe the situation as despicable and encouraged their followers to get registered to vote. Halsey joins a group of other musicians who are expressing sadness and outrage over the latest act of mass gun violence. Britney Spears' lawyer says her father Jamie is running and hiding from his deposition concerning the pop star's former conservatorship. Lawyer Matthew Rosengard filed paperwork on Wednesday claiming Jamie Spears has engaged in stonewalling and obstruction for the last six months. Jamie has said he will only sit down in Kentwood, Louisiana. However, Rosengard has said Jamie can run but not hide, and that he is willing to take his deposition in any city in the country. Kate Moss's testimony in the Johnny Depp defamation trial is contradicting prior statements made by Amber Heard. The model appeared by video to testify, addressing a moment in the mid-90s when she and Depp were dating. Heard previously testified that Depp pushed Moss down a staircase. However, Moss clarified she had slipped on the stairs and Depp helped her receive medical attention. She added Depp never got physical with her during their time together. Depp is suing Heard over an opt piece she wrote in the Washington Post about domestic violence, which Depp claimed hurt his career and caused him to lose roles in films. Harry Styles' latest album is breaking a modern-era vinyl sales record. Initial reports show that Harry's House set a new record for the largest sales week for a vinyl album in the U.S. since Luminae started tracking music sales in 1991. The achievement comes less than a week after the album's release. The NFL is in search of a new sponsor for the Super Bowl halftime show. After 10 years, Pepsi has decided to move on from sponsoring the show, but the brand will still be partners of the NFL. Now they're looking for a big partnership within the music industry or a streaming service that could take advantage of getting behind-the-scenes bonus content. The Super Bowl halftime show has grown to be one of the most talked-about live TV music events. Winnie the Pooh is being turned into a horror film. There's not much information about the upcoming tale other than it's being called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. It's not being created by Disney because the famous bear entered the public domain earlier this year. There's no word on a release date. Fans of TV host Ellen DeGeneres tuned in for a final goodbye on Thursday. Her talk show has ended after 19 seasons the way it started, with her very first guest, Jennifer Aniston. Pop star Pink, who wrote the Emmy Award-winning show's theme song, also returned. DeGeneres said she knew it was time to end this chapter and do something different, but it's still been really emotional. I'm Karina Cologne, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. 
You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.